Giants 20, Bears 12. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And once again, we are celebrating a victory Monday. The Giants are 3-1. and one. Justin, I think you put out a tweet. This is the first time and maybe ever that the Giants are 3-1 and one after four games or last 10, 15 years or something like that. This was a fun game. It was ugly. But that's the way this Giants team was, is going to win this year. You know, the expectations were low for this team. So a, every win feels great for this New York Giants team, um, especially when the guys that you better long-term pieces play well, which is essentially across the board for the New York Giants today. And this game was won off of the running game of Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, and then the defense led to a W. Hold the Bears to 12 points, and three of those points came off of a muff field goal, uh, punt return by Richie James. Justin, how are you feeling on another Victory Monday? Bobby Skinner, that game was whack. <laughs> that was a crazy, like, wild, insane game. Th- there came a point during that three-minute final play of the game where the Bears just kept throwing it back and forth, back and forth, backwards, running forward. There came a point where I'm just like, score here, and then don't get the two-point conversion because that game just got crazier and crazier Two quarterbacks get hurt. Saquon Barkley's a quarterback for an entire series. Wild stuff. But yeah, you mentioned it. Um, you know, I had Julian go back all the way back to 2012. Um, the Giants started uh 0-4 three times. They started one and three twice. They started two and two, uh, one, two, three, five times, and three and one, 2022. This is the best start that they have had, at least over the last 10 years. So we are winners once again. It's great to see you. Let's talk Giants. Yeah, there's a, a lot to talk about in this game. From I think the coaching did a, uh, a really good job on both sides of the ball. Obviously, we have to talk about the quarterback situation because I mean, we played 18 minutes of this game essentially with no quarterback, with a hobbled Daniel Jones and a concussed Tyrod Taylor. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk all about that. But I think it should start with the run game. I run mean, the damn ball. To run the damn ball 2022. We talked about it all training camp. This game showed that more than anything. 262 rushing yards and 71 passing yards in this game. Daniel Jones had six carries for 68 yards and two touchdowns. Tyrod Taylor had three for 30, so the quarterbacks had almost 100 yards rushing on their own. And then obviously Saquon, 31 carries for 146 yards, two catches for 16 yards. He came into the game leading the NFL in scrimmage yards and put up 162 yards on the board. Like he is... he. I was watching Clem's video. He's like, he's not back. He's better than back. He is. Like, he's, he's better pl- than what he was in 2018. Yeah, because in 2018, it was a lot of like all or nothing type stuff. Saquon Barkley is taking advantage of every crease that's there, and he's taking negative plays and turning them into positive plays. Like He's not wasting time behind the line of scrimmage. He's just become an efficient back who is extremely explosive as well. And the Giants are not 3-1 and one without him. They, they are at worst... Or at best, one and three without Saquon Barkley this yep. season. 
No, I I agree. I agree, man. And it does help when you have a better offensive line. Now, I know we give a lot of shit for the pass-blocking offensive line right now and the Giants' game plan literally today. The entire game plan was we are not going to allow the Giants' pass-blocking offensive line to derail the game. They also took advantage of the Bears' defense being very aggressive against the run, so it's not just not trusting your offensive line. But Saquon Barkley is definitely benefiting from having a you know better run-blocking offensive line. It's still not great, I would say. But he is back, man, and he's not only back, I think he is playing better than ever, better than his 2018 season. So, Bobby, this is just a big historical day. I mean, I mentioned how this is our best record that we've had over the last 10 years through four games, three and one, great. Um, You might have even saw this tweet, but when's the last time that we had a really, really good rushing day similar to this like when's the last game where we ran for more than 262 rushing yards can you tell me i think it probably had to be 2008 right yeah 2008 uh week 14 against carolina panthers that. uh Derek ward had 15 attempts 215 yards brandon jacobs had 24 attempts 87 yards so there were two runners there um this game there were four runners that contributed to the 200 262 yards that we had today so run the damn ball that 2008 season went pretty well and this uh 2022 season is going pretty well yeah, and obviously once the QB went down, they had to like really, really just hand him the ball every single time. Um, but let me but- talk about this. I want to. I want to talk about this too, where we've never had, rarely over the last couple of years. Bobby, when's the last time we had a lead in the first half, and then the Giants were tasked with keeping it in the second half? When has that happened? Can you name me a game? When are we not coming back? <laughs> yeah. Um- I probably could, but I mean, maybe you know, the, maybe, I think maybe like the Panthers last year where we won like twenty five to three. Well, even the then, Ra- I think we were down. F- uh, yeah, I don't know, but anyways, uh, yeah. Like but it's they, rare. But it's rare. The Giants so, felt in control of this game the entire time, even when the QBs went down. They felt just like, like there was no panic for me. It's like we we're just we're gonna win this game. Part and of it that helps is because that the Justin, Bears are bad. I mean, the yeah, Bears a big are part of it really, is Justin really Fields is just a bad quarterback. Like, but he's overall, a really like overall, the Giants are still a team that needs to prove that they belong and they need to find ways to win games. You know, they need to earn that right. It's not just a given. So the first half time of possession, the Giants had 12 minutes and 31 seconds. The Bears had they held the ball longer in the first half than the Giants did. I'm not a big guy in like time of possession, but Hear me out here when I talk about the second half. The Giants had 18 minutes and 46 seconds of time of possession in the second half. When you are winning and when you are leading in a game, which this is what good teams do, they get leads early. The Giants finally scored a touchdown in the first half. They scored two touchdowns in the first half, and that is what catapulted them to victory. And even when crap started to go wrong and everybody and their mother on the offensive defensive side of the ball were getting hurt, yeah, the offense that was still still able to sustain drives to put some field goals on the board. Saquon Barkley was a quarterback for an entire series, and you know they picked up a first down, took time off the clock, and defense forced negative plays. And those are the little things that you're looking for in a season that doesn't really mean much, I think, in the whole rebuilding process that this team is really looking for. These are the signs that you want to look for. Getting a lead early, keeping it. We haven't seen the Giants do that yet. Everything has been come from behind, come from behind. So, awesome. Even though, even though it's against a really bad Chicago Bears team, awesome stuff. Something we talked about coming into this year, and it was part of your opening monologue on our first preview pod, is that changing the culture means winning some games this year. Yep. It doesn't mean going, you know, ten and seven, uh, you know, not even nine and eight. 
but it means winning some games this year. If the coaching is truly the right coaching staff, the Giants will win some games this year, and that's what they've shown to do. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, they they beat the Titans, the Panthers, and the Bears. Okay, do we beat those teams last year? We beat the Panthers, but even that Panthers team was a much worse team than it was this year. And, and Saquon Barkley being as good as he is has been a huge part of that and getting and and a team that has Brian Dable and Mike Kafka as their offensive minds come from the past happiest offenses in the NFL and running the ball I also want to talk about how Saquon's performance today is better than the stats show because you'll look at well you're like oh he had 146 yards but he had 31 carries so I did pre and post no quarterback pre pre Tyrod Taylor injury he had 20 21 carries or sorry, 22 carries for 125 yards. That's right. 5.6 yards per attempt. That's amazing. Even when they knew that every single play we were running the ball, he averaged three yards per carry. He had nine carries for 27 yards, but that obviously drags it down a little bit. Also, he just, like, there was that catch he had, the screen, screen ca- play. Pass, yeah. That turned zero points into seven. That turned zero points into seven to have the ability to break the tackle and then reverse the field. Daniel Jones blocking, which always gets me fired up. Electric. You know, stuff like that. Electric. Like, and it was actually like a, it, you know, a lot of times we're like, oh, the QB blocked and he just gets in the way. It was actually like a really good block on mm-hmm. Jaquan Brisker by the, uh, from the Bears. And they end up scoring a couple plays later, or maybe even the play, uh, a play later on that. Like, that's, that's the difference between winning and losing is that one play there. And obviously, yep. Saquon just, you know, rushing the ball down in, down out has a huge part of it. But like, that's a singular play right there where Saquon does something that, you know, ninety nine percent of running backs can't do, and you add seven points to the board. So he's, that was a third and long too. Yeah, it was a third and fifteen, and it would have been a fourth and twenty two out of field goal range if they tackle him when they he catches the ball and he's essentially wrapped up. He breaks that tackle, has the vision to reverse the field and create a first down, and now we're now we're scoring the scoring the ball a few plays later. Yeah, it was electric, electric, <laughs> electric stuff from Saquon Daniel Jones. Um, super fun. Led to a. Uh... Good first half. Want to talk about the passing game and Daniel Jones in general? Well, I mean, we, you were talking about coaching. I kind of want to talk about I think it goes Kafka. hand in hand. I think yeah. this goes hand in hand. Yeah, let's do it. So I broke down Daniel Jones' stats by play action, straight drop back and screen pass. And in fact, every single play action was under the center play action, by the way, too. There was no just shotgun play action. So under center play action, Daniel Jones was 5 of 7 for 42 yards. Three carries, 36 yards, two touchdowns, and a sack. So that's 11 plays right there. Straight drop back, two for five for 14 yards and one drop. And then the screenplay, one for one, 15 yards. Also, you add on top of that, three plays that were had penalties on it. The 17-yard pass to David Sills, which was kind of a bogus call. And probably Daniel Jones' best throw of the game, too. Besides maybe the Tanner Hudson drop. Um, gets called back. That's under center play action. Uh, the six-yard pass to David uh, Daniel Bellinger called back for illegal man downfield. That's that's under center play action. And then the defensive pass interference to Darius Slayton that was under the center play action. So, four you know fourteen out of twenty-one like plays where the ball's in Daniel Jones' hands besides read options were under the center play action. Like they knew their limitations with one the wide receiver room and their offensive line and really schemed around it and played it. We know the Bears coming into this game were an aggressive stack, even though they're bad stopping the run. They're going to be aggressive and stack the box to try and stop the run. And I think there was even more so because they knew the Giants were so good running the ball. 
And the Giants took advantage of that one in the passing game with the tight end slipping out. And then Daniel Jones with his legs as well. Yeah, the most efficient play in football is when a quarterback drops back and runs a ball. Not a designed QB run, not a read option necessarily, but when a quarterback drops back and is looking to throw the ball and then they tuck it and then they scramble, that is the most efficient play in football. And I think you started to see it a little bit against Dallas, but it was just full-fledged on today. Um, you saw it really, really work today. Uh, Daniel Jones, two rushing touchdowns. The last time that he had two rushing touchdowns, Bobby. When was the last time he had two rushing touchdowns in a game? I know the real answer, but the real answer should be that Eagles game where they yes, called that one touchdown back. Penalty but on the Andrew real Thomas. answer is the Bucks game, I, w- I think. His first game as a starter, he had two rushing touchdowns and it led to a Giants victory. Look at the, so many, so many stats. This is the first time that this happened till then. Love it. So, but good on Mike Kafka again for adjusting to what your personnel is. Is one running the ball? You know, we we know damn well they did that in this game even before the quarterbacks got injured. And then, like, hey, our wide receivers are kind of an issue. Um, we know the Bears are going to play the run heavy. Let's get under center and run play action out of it. Uh, you know, kind of similar to what the Cowboys did to the Giants last week, even though it was a little different in the way yeah. they ran their play action. But got into running formations and threw the ball out of it. And that led to, you know, essentially all of Daniel Jones' passing yards yeah. besides three three plays. And then, you know, the the – the two touchdowns where they were playing aggressive and Daniel Jones, like his legs are a weapon. They're a big part of his game and they led to two touchdowns. The Giants had how many gross passing yards, Bobby? I mean, sorry, net, net, net passing yards. 71. 71. They put up 20 points on the board and it should have been 23 with the Graham Gano missed field goal. Yeah, again. That's crazy. And this is something when we talk, like this is why coaching is so important, Okay. Because it, it, coaching isn't going to make the Giants average, you know, be the Buffalo Bills offense. People are like, whoa, he had Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. It's like, yeah, of course we're not expecting to be at those levels, at least right away. But what we can do is get our levels higher than what they should have been the last couple of years. And against, essentially with some worse personnel at some, at some areas, um, they've been able to do that. You know, 20, again, like you said, should have been 23 points today. And that was with, 18 minutes of gameplay without having a quarterback. 18 minutes of gameplay where we just didn't have a quarterback and they were able to put up tw- uh, 20, 20 points on the board. Yeah, yeah. these Giants wide receivers, it, it, it's like 2017 bad. I wasn't doing a Giants podcast in 2017, but I, I can confidently say, just looking at the names up and down, it's just like, who? Like we're, it, it'll, be re- it'll be a real fun trivia a couple years from now, looking back on... You know, remember, remember David Sills, uh, you know, remember, remember Richie, you know, hopefully maybe Richie James will be around, but yeah, man, it, it, we're, we're still in a very tragic, bad spot with this wide receiver room. And that doesn't change after today. For sure. I want to talk about that first. This episode was brought to you by Darren Cook. He's Dalvin and James's brother. Wow. Um, Julian knows them. No, he, I, I was going to try and tease Julian. Vinny Filangieri. Uh, We've gotten a lot of Italians lately. The Good. Italians I'm, come out when the Giants win. I am demanding that all of the Italian Giants fans subscribe to our Patreon. And then Alex Grabstein, just mm. ignore these people. Grabstein, tough name. Love you, though. Patreon.com 
It's a good name. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. Two hours a month plus some other tiers. You get to hang out with us live while we watch the shows. Um, celebrate some Victory Mondays. I'll tell you what, those Green Bay Packers looking a little suspect against uh, Bill Belichick's New England Patriots. Bill Belichick and Joe Judge's New England Patriots, might I add. Uh, Bailey Zappi looking pretty decent. They were running the ball, run, doing some play action. That's what the Giants do. Uh, Bobby Skinner will send you some stickers, magnets in the mail. Um, and then also twice a month, there's some opportunities to win some shirts. I, for the first time today, um, somebody came up and wearing a Day Balls of Steel. Uh, they came up to our tailgate and they were wearing the shirt and it looked absolutely awesome. So uh, patreon.com slash Giants. Come be part of the family. I just sent two out of those to contest winners and the new raffle will be put out tomorrow. So, Can I just yeah. say, did I already say this? I, I need to thank our listeners because this is like a big deal for us. And I've talked with like other people uh, at, at John Boy Media who like look at all this data and stuff. And Bobby and I don't always look at it. The Day Bowls of Steel shirt is the best selling shirt not on, not only just on the Talking Giants store. It's the best selling shirt out of the entire John Boy Media store this entire summer. So that's like a really big deal. Like when we like you know when we're talking like the higher ups well, at John ex- Boy Media, especially when we don't have ads on a victory podcast, we need whoa. that money. So whoa, hey, hey, I don't um. want to talk about that. But I mean, th- no, but thank you to everybody who just like supports us in, in general. So Bobby, uh, what what do you what do you want to talk about next? If, you know, Fourth of July. You know, podcast has three ads. This has none. All right, let, let's talk about the receiver room. But I want to close out on Daniel Jones, and I guess we could talk about Tyrod very quickly. Electric. Because, you know, obviously everything is like a big picture conversation with Daniel Jones. And we're, we're not going to do that on a Monday pod, maybe on a mail, mailbag yeah, where pod. He has like 13 attempts, though. I'm not, I don't even think it's worth having, you know? Well, that, that's my thing is, well, that's, that'll be mine. And I'm not, this isn't some like, oh my gosh, Daniel Jones, amazing game. And he, but he did make, like, his legs are part of him. So I don't know, I don't like when yes. people try and discount that uh, with any quarterback. I hate when just around the league, people will try and like, Lamar Jackson without his legs. It's like, well, one, He's, his legs are there and they're part Look at how many big plays these quarterbacks produce. And this is why I've been saying for years, I've been saying for years that Daniel Jones becomes an average quarterback when you include the explosive play potential of his legs. And if you take that away from him, he is a quarterback that's not really even worthy of a look. You have to have his legs. So, so again, this has Daniel Jones through four games proven he's a franchise QB, but just no. micro, you know, micro looking at this game, my thing, like, what else could he have done in this game? Like, the really the only play that could have changed anything that I think Daniels could have a better job on was that slant throw to Richie James on third down. I think he should have thrown that to Slayton. And then my other critique is he should have put that ball in front of Slayton a little more on the DPI. But again, that ended up turning into 50 yards anyway. So, yeah. um, you know, so again, not everything's a big picture conversation on Daniel Jones, but I thought he, 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 he played his role and did what he was supposed to today yeah. and created plays. Um, Tyrod so, Taylor had a great punt. Two of Daniel Jones' best throws didn't even count. Like the one that David Sills didn't count. Um, and then Tony. The, that drop by Tanner Hudson. Was oh, like, you're talking about on, today. Dude. Oh, you're talking about today. Today, yeah, today. Um, Tyrod Taylor, I mean, he's – I don't want to talk too much about him because he's a back – and we could talk about what happens at QB towards the end oh, of the also, podcast. Also, um, Daniel Jones plays next week. Yes. I think so. We'll talk about it at the end, but I don't think so. Talk about it at the end. Just what a wild ride for Tyrod Taylor in this game. I mean, comes in, uh, converts a run, throws a pick in the double coverage, uh, comes back out, has a six spin move, third down, moves the chains, 
going headfirst than two defenders, concussed, out for the game. We don't have a quarterback anymore. Just a wild ride for the Tyrod Taylor experience as a New York Giants so far. Love it. I mean, he, that spin move was electric. It really was. I mean, he created two first downs with his legs, but he did. He also, on a first and ten, just threw it. And do you think he? Do you think he thought he had a free play there because there was a flag that was? No, I went away? and looked at it because I saw the announcer said something. I went and like the the flag doesn't come out. One, no one even came close to jumping off sides. Yeah, and the flag's coming out like when he's getting into his backswing. He just said screw it because Darius Slayton beat his guy off the line of scrimmage, which we're going to talk about Slayton in a second. And Eddie Jackson made the play over the top. I mean, it was just a stupid throw. On yeah, I mean, you throw ten. you throw into double coverage. Don't love that, but also it's like. Darius Slayton, you got to give a little bit more effort there. Like, play defense. I, I I know Darius Slayton's not a contested catch guy where he's going to jump four feet up in the air for it, but, you know, at least play a little defense and get your hand in there and swipe that ball out. So Tyrod can't throw that ball, and Darius Slayton needs to show more effort there. I mean, he's going full speed trying to – and, I mean, the ball was thrown in front of him. You know, it's not I, – I, I guess he, he – like, if you slow it down, he could have done something better. But I feel like in the coach's room, they're, you know, I don't know. It's it's. I Tyrod think it's more, can't throw the ball. I think that's like a you know the whole. Like, I don't think Darius Slayton just didn't put any effort in there. I think yeah. it's he's running full speed, looking for a big play, and then Eddie Jackson makes a play over the top. That was a really uh, good punt, though. Shush up. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the wide receiver room in general. Darius Slayton was the leading wide receiver with one catch for eleven yards. <laughs> Richie James one catch nine yards. David Seals, one catch for five yards. Kenny Galladay, zero for zero. Overall, three catches on eight targets. It's an issue, man. And we've, we've beat the, you know, we've beat this uh, horse into the ground. This, you know, we're beating a dead horse with this. But I, I still think Slayton is their best piece as a wide receiver right now. Like Kenny Galladay is a zero. David Seals is, is, you know, he had a drop. He had on a third and six. Runs, you know, runs a curl route and floats a yard forward, and then catches the ball and tries to turn sideways into a defender. And just, just bad awareness on that. Um, I mean, and Richie James is going to be the guy in the slot until someone gets healthy. But I just think Darius Slayton still is their best piece, their most valuable piece. One, just because he can beat guys deep. Like we saw two deep passes where he beat his guy off the line of scrimmage. You know, he had some other uh, plays where he just beat it. Like he's the only guy who can beat guys in man coverage. He's the only he's, guy that could stretch the field vertically. Yeah, he's the only guy that can stretch the field vertically and beat guys in man coverage. Richie James can find some holes in the zone versus slot uh, as a slot, but he's truly their only man coverage beater on on the offense. And I know we'll talk about him dropping on that DPI and stuff, but he was interfered for. He was a little underthrown. Um, and again, it's it's worth arguing about like which out of these bad players is the best. So, you know, it's but I I I think Darius Slayton should be their number one wide receiver. Is what Darius I'm saying. Slayton is the best bad player. I love it. Um, like I'm not even and we talked about. It, I'm not asking you. I'm not even asking to put Kenny Galladay on the field. Like if you want to put David Sills out there, more power to you. But putting Sills and Galladay out there together, it just doesn't help you as an offense because they, well they were. I mean, for the majority of today they were because I mean clearly the game plan was. 12 personnel, 12 personnel and running heavy. Um, I, I maybe counted two plays in the first half where, you know, the second half they did some funky stuff with three running backs on the field with the Wildcat and stuff like that. But in the first half, there were maybe two, three plays where they ran out of 11 personnel with just three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back. Everything was David Sills 
Kenny Galladay, because they're bigger, more physical, you know, I guess they're better blocking downfield. You know, Sterling Shepard's not here anymore. I think, you know, basically what Sterling Shepard has done for the majority of the season is they would motion him into the box and Sterling Shepard would hold his own and he would block and he would do a really good job of it. Um, so David Sills, he would motion in and, you know, they would have basically two tight ends in the box and then plus David Sills and you would have five. So that's five, six, seven, eight. You have eight blockers in the box for Saquon Barkley running the ball or Daniel Jones running the ball on like a play action boot. So that was the game plan out of like, that in the entire, at least in the entire first half, you know, when Jones was healthy, it was just 12 personnel, play action, or give it to Saquon. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just talking about like when they were forced to go to, you know, three wide receiver, 11 personnel, like on third downs. It's like having Galladay and Sills out there at the same time doesn't help. Right. No, but they anybody. were, and they were avoiding that. That was the, that was also, that's also my point. They were avoiding having to, put wide receivers on the field and having to throw to them. They were actively avoiding that situation. Yeah, so it's it's so it's on it's a two-sided coin where it's like it's hard to like be like, "Oh, well the wide receivers only had this amount of numbers because they didn't use them like that." But they're also not using them like that because they suck. Right. Um so it's just a it's a frustration. Let's talk about the offensive line. Um Thomas Thomas if you're a certain, if you're the, if you watch every offensive line every week, and you maybe not talk about Andrew Thomas, and you said Larry Tunsil maybe offensive tackle one this year, who said that? Because he played really well against Robert Quinn. Well, I hope you watch Andrew Thomas whoop Robert Quinn's ass all game long. This was Andrew Thomas' best game of the year, by the way, best game of the year. Like every time I focus on him, and Robert Quinn's in the dirt. He's like, you're you're not going to dip around the corner on me, homeboy. So if you're if you're if you watch offensive line play around the league every week. Maybe it's time to start noticing Andrew Thomas. Give him those awards. He dominated. Rest of the offensive line did well run blocking wise. Um, I'm not going to give anyone a big round of applause for pass blocking wise because they went all under center play action all game. Yeah. Um, but when they were in those options, like Evan Neal did look good in those times where he was there and then he got injured. There was a third down throw to David Sills where he was short of the sticks where Andrew Thomas just like dumped Robert Quinn. Multiple awesome. times he did that. Awesome. You know, even one like the backside of a run where he did those influence blocks, like just smacking them or just smacking them. Um, I won't say like a that I was going to say, but just Whoa. smacking them. There was a Saquon Barkley big run where I, I saw Nick Nick Filato pointed this out. Saquon Barkley big run to the right side where I think Andrew Thomas had like a reach block and he gets there and he drives this guy and it's just it's just beautiful stuff. So Andrew Thomas is. Really, really good. And it's like, you're, it's almost getting boring to just say, Andrew Thomas is really, really good. Andrew Thomas is really, really good. Well, boring. it's like, well, you know what? Re- We're not getting bored of it. We're I not. Refu- I refuse to let it get boring until he is named an all-pro. Um, Let's do it. Speaking of block, I thought the tight ends have been, have done a, a fairly solid job blocking. A lot of times teams will get into these heavy formations. Like, well, guess what? Your tight ends suck at blocking. So you're, you're Tanner Hudson down the field. Yeah, Hudson, you know, slipping out, Myrick, Bellinger has been a really good blocker for them, like or at least like a, a good enough. And then when he slips out, he catches the ball and does his job. I mean, he has yeah, he for the you know the last three games he has eight catches on nine targets for seventy nine yards and a touchdown. He's got to be the leading receiver. Today he was yeah, and you know that's why this is what I want out of a tight end. Like obviously I want the best players at every position, but what I want out of a tight end is a guy who can block and can do his job as a receiver. And that's what Daniel Bellinger has done. You know, like he has, he has like 16 less yards 
16 yards less than what Evan Ingram has for the Jaguars this year. You know, and he had zero catches in the week one. So he's doing his job. Um, you know, he's averaging this, you know, essentially the same amount of yards per game as Evan Ingram last year did for the Giants. So just want to do a uh, good job. So you want to talk about the defense? Yeah, let's talk about the defense. Uh, Kenny Galladay went down with a knee injury. So Marcus, is it Marcus Johnson, that practice squad, practice squad wide receiver they activated? Yeah. So he's in line, I, I guess. Um, you mentioned Daniel Bellinger. He went out with an injury, or he was walking to the locker room after the game. Yeah, I got the Tom Rock tweet. He said, besides the 10, ten Giants players who missed time due to injury today, Ward, Gowinski, Aaron Robinson, Love, Concussion, Ojolari, Jones, Taylor, Mondo, Neil Galladay, tight end Daniel Bellinger was seen going to the X-ray room after the contest. So don't know exactly what that means, but, I mean, we just, the injuries were insane today. Again, Gowinski went down, came back. Evan Neal went down. Both the QBs, Ojolari wasn't on the field at the end of the game because of an injury. Aaron Robinson got hurt. Um, Julian Love, concussion as well. Like, they just got, it's just ravaged by, and they're not even like turf injuries either. That's that's not too bad. We'll be all right. Hey, we've won with less before, so. (laughs) Uh, All right. That's not including the guys that are already injured. All right, let's talk about the defense. Yeah, let's talk about the defense. But before that, um, turns out we do have an ad. How about that? Uh, But don't skip it. Don't skip it because this is a very personal one. JM Football. Bobby Skinner has been really, really grinding. Um, Julian, myself, and then, you know, some of the editors of the John Boy Media team. uh, We've been really grinding the JM Football channel this year. Uh, Bobby Skinner, every single week, does an interception of the week. He does top runs of the week. Um, there's also the Chris Rose football show with CJ Uzama that comes out every few weeks as well. Um, Bobby Skinner did a, a Micah Parsons all 22 film breakdown, um, last week too, as well. So check out the JM football channel. There was even a Wink Martindale brings the pressure on third down that we did not put on the talk of giants channel. Cause there's so much crap that we put on the talk of giants channel. So that went on the JM football channel. So check out that channel. It's like our next big venture, um, outside of talking giants that, Hey, we really want to impress the people at John boy media. We want to keep doing what we're doing being judged so, on it. So, so yes, we are literally being judged on it. We're not being judged on the success of talking giants. We are being judged on the success of JM football. So go check that out. Go give it a sub all short videos. Thank you very much. All right. Let's talk about the defense and the star of the defense today. And I mm. think, or on Sunday, and I think of the season is one Dexter Lawrence. Today, he had two sacks, a tackle for a loss, three QB hits. He has been just dominant all season long. But it was frustrating because he didn't have necessarily the stats to back it up. Well, I'm glad he has the stats to back it up now because he is playing lights out. Down in, down out, Dexter Lawrence dominates his opponent. Whether it's driving you know, the Tennessee Titans offensive line back and getting QB hits that way or winning initially like he did today. And then in the run game, like... Almost every run play, Dexter Lawrence just does his job essentially like to a T. Like he plays it, he plays his gap, he extends his arms, and is able to shed. You know, he doesn't, he's not making Aaron Donald plays, but he's like, he's been really good this year. And that's something we asked for him this year was like, we know you're a good player, Dexter Lawrence. We know you're a pretty solid good player in the NFL, but we need you to start popping like like more 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 so and have the numbers to back it up yeah and through four games he's really done that you know so now he has the two sacks a couple tackles for a loss i wish the tackles for a loss number better represented what he's doing in the run game and then seven qb hits 
Like he was third in the NFL for QB hits for defensive tackles coming into this week, and then he had three today. So uh, he's gonna be like top two for de- like it probably Aaron Donald and and Dexter Lawrence is like the top two QB hits for defensive tackles in the NFL. Like he has been awesome, and I'm so happy he got the stats to back it up today. And something that I like to look at as well. Um, with interior defense alignment and, and and edge rushers as well. I like to look at double team rate and then your pass rush win rate as well, which, you know, we know that Dexter Lawrence has done a good job of stopping the run, and this is with uh, Leonard Williams too, but, you know, can you win when you rush the passer? And Aaron Donald is on his own other tier. I mean, his double team rate's like 75%. His win rate is the best in the NFL, but the tier two defensive linemen like Quinn Williams, Chris Jones, Grady Jarrett, Jonathan Allen – the guys that are getting doubled like 65 to 70% of the time, but their win rate is in the tier two win rates of the NFL. Dexter Lawrence is right there. Like I said, he is right next to Quinn and Williams, right next to Chris Jones, slightly better than Grady Jarrett, better than Jeffrey Simmons, and better than Jonathan Allen. Getting doubled a little bit more than Jonathan Allen, and his win rate is a little bit higher than Jonathan Allen as well. So those are the names that you want to be next to. I mean, especially because, the Bobby, the critique that you kind of gave Dexter Lawrence during his PPP is, you know, let's see those stats. Let's see you win a little bit more, make some more flashy plays. And finally, it resulted this week, you know, the win rate matched, you know, kind of what the stats should be. Or I, or I guess I should say the stats matched what the win rate should be. So um, good on Dexter Lawrence, defensive player of the game. Um, and he has been this defense's best player, maybe outside of Adoree Jackson, but he showed it today and it was like awesome that the box score was able to back it up i think he's wow. even been better than adore jackson because he's had some rough moments uh for cd lamb he gave it the big play to darnell mooney today which i think was yep. his first deep pass he's given up as a new york giant um so i hate to be on pace guy oh boy but how many how many qb hits is dexter lawrence on pace for this is a great question i think he has seven yes how many does he have in the season seven. Oh, good for me um, I don't know. What, what are we do four? <laughs> that's a Leonard Williams 2020 season. That's exactly how many Leonard Williams had in 2020 was 30 yep. QB hits. Now, Leonard Williams had 11 and a half sacks in that game this year and like 14 tackles for a loss. So that comes into it. But yeah, it's been it's been flat out dominant by Dexter Lawrence. Other pass Aziz had that strip sack giant factor. I called it. I was the only person who was like, hey, this guy should be a giant factor this week and he had a strip sack that was yeah. that was a big moment and came on recovered it smart play by him uh aziz had some good plays too you know and justin fields ran out of some plays that maybe could have been an aziz or kayvon sack kayvon is fast like a word wicked fast yeah and not just like you see a lot of the times edge rushers they're not able to keep up with fields or, or you know fast quarterbacks he chased fields down like I thought that you know maybe it's just me, and maybe just I don't know like over exaggerating, but I thought the fact that Kayvon chasing Justin Fields down instead of just letting him get around him, I thought that changed the trajectory of certain plays in this game. That Kayvon just ran him down and it forced Fields to throw it away or do something different with the ball. Yeah, I'm excited to like really go dive in and watch the film of Kayvon see what because it, it's so hard to see exactly broadcast unless you're getting sacks and all that good stuff. Um, the two players that people aren't really talking much about after this game, who I thought made a huge difference, lined up in maybe the Giants' weakest position group, I guess outside of wide receiver, inside linebacker. Yep. Jalen Smith came in, and they 
with a healthy scratch Austin Calitro. Like, Austin Calitro was put in the doghouse for his play last week. Jalen Smith had seven tackles, one tackle for a loss on that screen pass. Like, he just plays fast and physical, and he plays his gap, which is, you know, sound football. And then Tay Crowder. Like, Tay Crowder was really good in the run. He had some plays and coverage that weren't good. Um, one could have been a touchdown that Justin Fields just sucks and didn't throw it. But he had 11 tackles for a loss. Or, sorry, 11 tackles for a loss. He had 11 tackles, one for a loss, uh, a sack, and two QB hits. So, you know, did his job as a pass rusher. It's not like he's winning pass rush rests, but did his job within the system. And then Jalen Smith both look uh, look good, too. Like, they both played fast and physical, and that's what we need out of our linebackers in this defense, to play fast and physical. We know none of neither one of you guys are going to be good in coverage. But just play your do your job, play your role, and do it fast and physical, and that's what we need. That's what we were not getting out of Austin Calitro. Yeah, that or was take cool. Crowder at times. That was cool. I I wanted Jalen Smith to be activated even last week, um, but I guess you know, hey, ch- ch- he was just on the team for a couple days, so I'm glad that they activated him this week, and I'm glad that they healthy scratched Austin Calicho because it meant that Jalen Smith was going to get some significant reps. I want him to get more reps. Uh, I, I know it's about playing, you know, playing the young guys, and you want to see what you got in Micah McFadden, and he, he does some things well, and you don't want to totally bench him, but Jalen Smith is not. A bad football player, you know, maybe, you know, yeah, 31 other teams passed on him. But I mean, with his time with the Giants last year and then his, you know, his the one game that he's played in Wink system this year, um, it's not a bad football player, especially compared to some of the other guys that we've had. So, well, and McFadden played a little bit. He had four tackles. Um, I have to go watch him closely to see exactly how it went down. Um, so I'm just glad Austin Kluchel is not getting any reps. Um, so, so, so they did their job, obviously against a bad quarterback in Justin Fields. But they, you know what, the Bears tried to run the ball a lot. You know, they had 150 yards rushing, but over 50 of those came from Justin Fields. Um, and that's where, like, we held them to 12 points, and three of those points came after a muffed Richie James punt return. I thought Wink, uh, Wink adjusts week to week, and that's what I like about him. Like, I think he went to some uh, too high coverages at a lot, a lot of times. He didn't blitz it like on third downs a lot. Of times, there was two third downs where they three-man rushed. And they funneled, again, they funneled, uh, you know, Justin Fields into into pressure. You know, like, Kayvon was triple teamed on one play, and he still kind of got, uh, yeah. you know, broke through. So just did some different stuff and gave different looks at Justin Fields. And that's something we said into this game is, like, pressure is not going to kill Justin Fields, but it's going to be pressure on players that need to develop. But if you get pressure and it's like, okay, they got man coverage, that's what, that, those are the plays Fields can make. But when you got, you know, some pressure, a four-man pressure, and it's not going to do, like, uh, let me articulate this. Four, the Giants aren't just going to totally get home quickly on four-man pressure versus anybody team. But against the Bears' bad offensive line, they were able to get pressure with a four-man. may not be the quickest, but Justin Fields is a slow processor, so that yeah. messes with him because he's very slow with his timing. Like he does, he gets the ball out late. So you didn't need to have these like against Cooper Rush. You rush four, it doesn't make a difference because he's getting the ball out quick. So I just thought they threw a bunch of different looks at him and you know made him look like the bad quarterback that he essentially is. You know, and didn't you know he had a couple of nice plays with his feet, which is the first time we really face a run threat um, as a defense. You know that is an issue. Um, and then had the big play, the Darnell Mooney. But again, like, Adore Jackson has to win versus Darnell Mooney deep. And it's the only deep pass he's given up. So, like, that's not a scheme thing. Or, or you know, that's just Justin Fields and D- Darnell Mooney making a great play. Yeah. And what helped today, um, you know, Giants take advantage of a bad Bears offensive line, at least pass blocking wise. Six sacks. 
Um, I think they had how many sacks heading into today? Um, three. Three. So they doubled that total from the first three games. So having six sacks and six negative plays is a very, very good thing. Um, Julian, you compiled these stats uh, after the game. Um, the Giants defense stopping teams on third and short. That was back today. The Bears were one for six on third and four or less. That's not always going to continue. It did not continue against Dallas. I bet you it's not going to continue into Green Bay. The Giants need to continue to try and get teams in the third and long, but very much on par with the first two games of the season, like 66% of the time, the Giants defense stopped teams on third and shorts. And then this game, the Bears were only one for six. And then also Doug, you know, remember Doug, who has a very complicated handle that you don't want me to read again. He has been really killing it with posting stats, and he's been doing an awesome job kind of just diving into stuff. And he tweeted out, prior to Sunday Night Football, the Giants are the only defense to not allow a red zone touchdown in week four. The Bears went 0 for 3 inside the red zone with three field goals, and then the Giants defense overall this season is second in the NFL in red zone to touchdown percentage at 35.7%. So Ben, but don't break. You know, even though Patrick Graham is, uh, you know, even though Patrick Graham's gone, you know, that overall philosophy of bending but don't break and allowing three is a lot better than allowing seven. So good on the Giants defense. I think those three things, negative plays, stopping the Bears on third and short, and then keeping them the field goals and not touchdowns, that's what I think helped the Giants win the game today. Yeah, and we've asked Wink Martindale to perform versus bad quarterbacks. You know, with the per the with the personnel they have, where they, you know, uh, Fabian Moreau. By the way, Fabian Moreau, two pass breakups and two big ones. You know, one against Aquinas St. Brown, and then there was a, a, another one. He played really well today. I think he should be the starting outside corner going forward. Disagree. What do you What do you think? Disagree. Cordell Flott was hurt. He would have also balled out today if he was healthy. But he didn't. <laughs> but he didn't. You're right. <laughs> I can't disagree. Fabian Moreau, he's the guy. Um, obviously, you know we're playing against a bad Bears offense, but that's that's what we did. The defense did their job, and you know they were a huge part in winning the game, like the running game, and you know run the ball and play defense. That's how we won the game today. So we won in an old school way, but wins are wins, and that's that's what we're gonna do with this personnel. Do you have anything else on the defense you want to hit on before we talk about the QB situation? Um. I thought Xavier McKinney came up, played the run kind of well. I always want to talk about him. Did he have a tackle for loss today? There was one really good run rep he had. I can't no. remember if it was a tackle for loss. But. No, it was not. Um, but I remember I remember it was like a gang tackle. So I think somebody somebody hits a running back high, he comes in and hits him low. So that was so that was good. So Xavier McKinney's still doing some good stuff. Um defense I mean, a lot fun. Of offensive game plans are going to be avoid Xavier McKinney, and that's what kind of that's what has happened this year. Get sacks, force negative plays. I mean, that's that's it helps. It helps tremendously. And it's still no tough. interception this year, though. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Like, do, so do you think like your Bobby Skinner philosophy of defense, running zone coverage to baiting quarterbacks into do, into doing things, does that lead to more interceptions or playing closer man to man and then def- and then DBs making like awesome plays does that lead to more interceptions what do I you think, think baiting them leads to more interceptions I would agree it's just I, I don't even know what I guess it could be I think it might just be a personnel thing it was like they haven't had a lot of great pass rush um I don't know to be honest we'll you see know? more sacks uh, so anything else on the defense before we talk about the QB situation no let's talk about 
The QB so Davis situation. Webb, I think, is going to be our starting quarterback in London versus the Packers. No, Daniel Get Jones out of sprain- here. Daniel Jones missed two games in 2019 with a sprained ankle. He finished that game in like in the the snowing weather in New Jersey versus the Packers game. He he couldn't move. Like he flat out could not move. I saw him running today. He was running on the sideline. Yeah, that was the adrenaline directly after. And then after <sighs> 10 minutes, he could not move. He flat out could not move. Um, and then Tyrod Taylor, I doubt he's going to be cleared for, for concussion protocol yeah, within a week, especially with well. the temperature of the NFL right now. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I, don't, I think Davis Webb is going to be our starting quarterback next week. Run the damn ball. Yeah, we'll see if that preseason translates. All that, all that preseason love. Get Alex Bachman back. We may need a backup quarterback though. Um, have you ever considered Greg's dad? Greg's dad. That was quite a throwback. I, I loved being put back in that mindset. Was that when we had Fromm and? Glennon and that whole dilemma, yeah. and it was just a mess. Yeah. Well, no, we we it was actually before the Bears game last year, where I it was after Jake Fromm was horrible in his start, and I said, "Who do you think should be the Giants starter next week?" And Greg said, "My dad." It would mean Greg's a lot dad. to him. Yeah. And the legend of Greg's dad grew. Um, you know what's crazy is Eli Manning actually would probably be the best option that's out there, but obviously he's not coming out of retirement. Are you sure uh, about that? Yeah, Chad Powers isn't coming out of retirement. One day contract, like literally one day. They didn't run a fourth QB at all in training camp too, so it's not like there's somebody that's familiar with them. So I don't know. I'm not going to. Mitchell sit here. Trubisky just got benched. Kadarius Tony posted on his Snapchat story two hours ago three of his best uh, UF quarterback highlights. See, he knows you know the playbook. Kadarius Tony should do is get on the field. How about that? <laughs> We need him at wide receiver. Carl yeah, Banks, by the way, lit into Tony a little bit on his. He did, but and I agreed with it. It's it's basically what, echoing what we said in the mailbag part. It's like you just can't count on him. And you would sad. also think that he knows a little bit more than most. So hearing that from him is even more concerning. That makes that makes me think that like even more. Like I already think that the Giants organization does not like Kadarius Tony, but the fact that Carl Banks is is. Going really in on Kadarius Tony, that makes me feel like well, that means they've gotten the green light to be critical when they, they yeah. don't really have the green light to be critical. Correct. Um, you know they they're they're critical calling the game, but like throughout the week they are very and I get it they work for the organization, but you know it's like when you know two weeks left in this 2019 season and all of a sudden Carl Banks just hates James Betcher. It's like where was this energy oh. the whole year? Yeah. Um. So it's a, it's an issue. I so think that, Daniel Jones is playing. I don't know that's because I can't because I with, can't deal. I'm celebrating a win. I can't I can't deal with thinking about Davis Webb waking up. All right, nine thirty a.m. Sunday, Davis Webb <laughs> against our Green Bay Packers. <laughs> NFL Twitter is going to roast us for that. Um, all right, so that's the show. So if you like, hey, I came for my Giants analysis. That's all I want. Then that's the show is over. But I want to finish talking this. Julian, your mom got mad at us today. What happened? Oh, oh no. Let me let me pull up the text actually. So she texted me. Where are we? 
She was not happy about the Bears post. I'll say that. She said, Oh, sure. the good morning post. At 8.27 a.m., she said, sorry, but absolutely dislike the bear post. Is this you, question mark? Mm. And Which she should have known it wasn't you because it was horrible <laughs> editing. Like, I literally just took That's what I was thinking. It was a little bit of a slight to me, I thought. but And then I said, no, with a bunch of ha's. And she said, I did not think so. Very bad, comma. Sorry to see this. Which that actually had me dying because that was like a Trump line. Just like, very bad. Sorry to see this. And she... <laughs> So she was she was super disappointed. Well, here's the thing is, do I understand that people don't like that? Absolutely. Like, I get it. And in fact, me personally, I think if you like if you hunt something, you should eat it. Like, I don't like the, the idea. And I'm not I'm, I'm not like against I'm not going to get mad at anyone for doing it. But I'm like, I'm big. Like, if I ever hunted something, I would eat it. I'm not going to just hunt something just to, you know, to say I did. We ate the bears today. Um. So, and I could see people being like, hey, I don't want to see this. But my thing would be like, then move on. Like, we didn't kill the bear. You know, like, we, we didn't actually kill that bear. Some hunter killed the bear. Legally killed it. Um, And we just put Daniel Jones. Like, Daniel Jones killed it. You know, it's funny. My mother hasn't even said anything about those posts. And I, she definitely sees them. Yeah. That, so, again, I, I get when people are like, delete this. It's like, well, what does that change? It's like, we do this every single week, 8 a.m., Sunday morning. It's our good morning post. Like, it's also very, very clearly just like a, a playful, joking post. Yeah, I'm not like out not, here like picketing, saying like kill all bears, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's one of my favorite Ollie uh, Borat on, on Ollie G when he's like, you know, they're doing like the hunting protests. And um, maybe I could just pull it up. But they're like. Um, you should have flipped it on your mom and you should have been like. Wow, are you serious right now? Like, you're getting mad at me when you think that I did that? That piss-poor editing job? You should have just flipped it, like, right yep. there. That was going in my mind. In in her defense, though, I have heard some of the, the brainstorming of previous, uh, like, previous ideas that didn't make the cut. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, there's, there's, yeah. yeah, there's messed up ones out there that were like, we're not going to post this. Like, the Broncos one last year was like, this is just... Like what? What's happening on this video is like illegal. What? Shout really? out my mom, though. Shout she, out mom. She's keeping up with all the posts, so I'll give her that. Hey, Sunday eight a.m. up, ready, ready for Giants game day. Love it. My mom watches a ton of football from France too, so just like not native at all. My mom wow. is also getting way too much shout out time in this podcast right now. Love that. No, <laughs> disagree. We need more Julian's mom. Yeah, you, are I'm you ready? Breaking Bobby? my rule, right? I I don't really talk about my family much in the show. Um, this is Borat in Britain, like when they're doing like protests against like hunting foxes. Why do you like to hunt the fox? I do not hunt the fox. I think people that hunt the fox are the scum of the earth. He shows his jacket. Yes, You eat kills, That's evil. No, in Kazakhstan we shoot animal. We do not have the fox. You should be talking to us because we love animals. We love. We love animals too. Why do you shoot them? For fun. For fun. 
<laughs> oh, that gets me every time. Ugh. Some of the best Borat, like, Sasha Bear Cohen is, like, from Ollie G. When he goes to the vet, the, he goes to, uh, a veterinarian who's also a veteran and just keeps on getting it confused and the guy's just like losing his mind he's just like so why did so many uh people go to uh vietnam to help with animals he's like that was our veteran anyways all right that's the show i'm actually gonna post that on twitter now now that i'm thinking about it so um <laughs> we appreciate you guys we'll see you on wednesday for a mailbag pod o-line report film review all that good stuff will be out this week We'll see you then. Until then, let's go Big Blue.